Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. You're listening to Tox Machina on the Critical Role Podcast Network. Tox Machina airs live at twitch.tv slash critical role on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Pacific, and it's also uploaded to youtube.com slash critical role on Thursday mornings. If you like our podcast, please rate and review it on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Without further ado, here's this week's episode of Tox Machina. Like rectum? Sure. Are we on the internet? Look, the little frumpkins, this little buddy frumpkins. Look at all the frumpkins. Those are from at the queer agenda sent those in, and there are so many, and they're all so soft and wonderful they're and handmade. Amazing. They're they are a family oh my of God. frumpkins. I'm gonna squeeze all the frumpkins tonight. <laughs> the Mighty Nine explore underground, meet a kobold, and tangle with some fire giants. Mm-hmm. We're gonna break it all down with Talis and Jaffe, Matt Mercer. Wow. Hi. Hi. Well, we're here. <laughs> Hello. I can confirm they are here. All that and more tonight <laughs> on Talks Machina. to begin by shaming you guys a little bit. Sure. Yeah, go for it. So a wonderful critter, I don't have their name with me because this was very last moment, Um, a Scottish critter sent in a bottle of 21-year-old Balvenie scotch. Oh no, really? And if you guys have never had a 21-year-old Balvenie scotch, it is, I don't know if it gets any better. You know what I mean? Steve Bloom would call this perfection. Right. Perfection. I already want to defend myself. (laughs) You're not going to say shit. God damn it. This is how a 21-year-old scotch is supposed to be drank, okay? According to 10 out of 10 experts. These gentlemen here. (laughs) It's not my fault. It's not my fault. Okay, you're going to get your time. Put it in their, their, you know, apparatuses, apparati, and then put Coke in there and ice. You do not drink some shitty $10 stuff if you're going to mix it. I'm getting emotional. So smooth. 
It's I'm, not smooth. It's really so tasty. Smooth. Now you've added a carbonated element with full of sugar. And it's elevated the drink it's, that much You more. can't even taste it's, the drink. It's delicious. The, the scotch is coming up in little bubbles into my it's, nose. I mean, I mean, the flavor is still there. It just now has an effervescence to it. No, it, it doesn't. Has an, it's not it has, a nose. It's no scotch. You it's, are smelling it's diabetes. <laughs> You are smelling sugar. And that's not even this real is, sugar. It's the I, stuff that they. It, it's it's. What's it called, Max? Matt, hey, Matt. Yeah. <gasps> Who's better? Than us? Oh, fuck. I don't know. Nah, no nothing. Way, it, nothing. It, it tastes like like a like a full on exalted Doncast combo. High is class. What it is. It's I'm delicious. drinking some delicious spurt tonight instead. <laughs> 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 this wonderful can of spurt. It's not real. Now that I know that that is you that good, the illusion. Oh, yeah. I did. No, yeah, we, we made do with what we could. We, yeah, yeah, this was this was not the plan. It just kind of worked out this yeah, way. Now that we're aware of how amazing and special uh, this this liquor is, um, yeah, what, is, what does it taste like normally? We may add ginger ale. After Wouldn't it. you like to? Know I would. It? I'm very curious. <laughs> you could have had a full glass of it yeah. had it not been tainted by. <laughs> given the opportunity to educate people, and yet here we are. <clears throat> the critter who sent it in sent a note that said, this is from Scotland. All we ask is that Sam never attempts a Scottish accent on the air <laughs> ever again. Oh, man. Fair enough. Far more offensive yeah. than how we yes. drink in it. Thank you. I promise that we'll enjoy this in Properly. its proper way now that we're aware. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Qu- yeah. Quick announcements. <laughs> a little bit of a rush. Check out Mame Drop, which airs before Talks Mocking on Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific on Critical Role's Twitch channel. Uh, Talos and Jaffe each week explore some of the best and the worst old school games on that show. Today, Travis was there. I jumped in for a second. Anybody else hop in? Ben hopped in. Our uh, I don't know what he does here. uh, Popped in for a moment. Uh, Lovely wife, Brittany. Mm. Not my lovely wife, but a lovely wife. Kind of all of our lovely wives, Brittany is, isn't she? She's a wife. She's a mother. She's not a mother. She's a, a she's a, a whip cracker. She's a saint. She's, she's a, a firecracker. Killer. She's a, yeah. a I'm to the She song. covers all the bases. She, sure. She's a cat mom. She's a cat mom. Cat she is a cat mom. That's yeah. true. That, in that way, she's a mom. Married to the lovely Matthew Key, the only person I know who looks down when they talk to Travis Willingham. <laughs> Join us next week for our next episode of Between the Sheets featuring a Wilfredell. Yeah. TV's Wilfredell. Animations Wilfredell. That's 7 p.m. Pacific next Monday, twitch.tv. That was a was critical role. Last night, Quien Tran. Yes. Fantastic episode. Such a great episode. She's the best. Just briefly, to all the people out there who are like, only tabletop people should be on the show. First of all, be quiet. Second of all, we're gonna show you some pretty amazing people that maybe you've heard of, maybe you haven't. And last night was a fantastic example of that. Quinn doesn't do interviews very often. I was so happy she was like excited to come on and wanted to talk and just blew people away. So to, yes, to all those people, this is our show and tell. Exactly. Yeah, and, and there we will were clear be people, about it from the start. There will be people tabletop related here and there. You know, yeah. it's, it's all forms forms of storytelling, and that is very much a core of of what we do and, and what we're passionate about. But we want to also make sure that we expand beyond just that core and and show different perspectives, different people, different you know walks of life, and and different forms of storytelling. So yeah. It's pretty awesome. I'm I'm really excited about this season. Thank you all for watching. Yes. Uh, Monday night, Wilfred Dell, great episode, hilarious. He takes digs at all of us. He was on fire. He just roasted all of us the whole interview. I'm like, dude, 
Sounds about right. Yeah. Sounds about right. I know where he parks his car. It's cool. I, I know where he parks his car too. Yeah. I also have a gas can with me. I also have. Never mind. One important final announcement. In case you missed it, we're taking a week off from Critical Role this Thursday, February seventh, and Talks Machina will also be dark next week on the twelfth. We'll be back on Thursday, February fourteenth, aka Valentine's. Mm-hmm. Valentine's Day with a brand new episode at 7 p.m. Pacific and Tox Machina will return that following Tuesday, the 19th at 7 p.m. Pacific. So nice of all of you to take a night off to come to my parole hearing as character witnesses. Yeah. I'm yeah. excited to see who will actually be showing up and who I'm gonna run into perhaps at Arby's afterwards. <laughs> There's no guarantees. When the prosecution calls, you have to show up. Yeah, they legally do. we have to show up. Oh, you like, do? Yeah. Oh, they actually yeah. like send subpoenas? Subpoena subpoena is. Yeah. Did you get one too? Yeah. Steve? Do I, do I have to say? No. <laughs> Without further ado, <laughs> better you don't. Let us discuss episode 50 of Critical World Campaign Life. 2. Oh God, we're at 50. Oh. I know. The Endless Burrows. I'm over it. <laughs> We have some stats from our friends at Crit Roll Stats uh, about episode 50. On this 50th episode, Ford got the 50th How Do You Want to Do This? Oh, no way! Oh, hiccups. Oh, no. Killing the Roper. How cool is that? 50 episodes, 50 How to Dirty Dirties. I can't believe we didn't write, write it that way. That's crazy. We should have, we should have like made sure that that was a thing. I know. I brought it up point. in one of the writing meetings, but um, oh, ever since I jerks. started going to them, no uh. one else shows up. <laughs> <laughs> the Roper's critical hit on Caleb would have one-shotted him had Caduceus not reduced it with Sentinel at death's door. Yeah. No, ma'am. That's yeah, crazy. That actually would have... Uh... Would it have just knocked him unconscious, or yeah. would it have killed No, it would have knocked him unconscious. Well... How much... I don't remember. No, it, well, I, I have to go look at what the damage would be, because if you take... Like, uh, I have to look at the rules again, but I, I believe if you take enough damage in one attack to equal your... Yeah, he would have to points. have taken the full amount, of, he would have had to take enough damage to knock him unconscious, and then on top of that, his entire HP, I think. Yeah. I did a handbook or helper about death saving throws. Yeah. I, th I believe that Great. that's the rule. Plug. So I don't think it would have killed him. I would have had, I would have had, had to burn a very expensive spell to, to keep him alive at that point. Yeah. It, would have been, it would have been a lot. Yeah. Is Caleb worth it to Caduceus? Ah. To burn that super. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Liam's still next driving question. home. Okay, he's not watching. He just left. He's still driving home. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, Spurt. Spurt. Spurt is the you first on-screen guest player character death in the history of the show. Yeah. Impressive. How did you keep that from us, by the way? That was so impressive. That's a question. That, well, we'll get oh, to that, we'll we'll get get to that, that question. question. Okay, never mind. I'm, I'm jumping the gun here. Yeah, patience. And <laughs> he wants to get right into it. Oh. I would say it's the liquor, but it's too diluted. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Perkins, our beloved, mm. was at the table for 22 minutes and 25 <laughs> seconds. Yes! I'm so happy. It's an episode of network television right there. <laughs> I and funnier, a tighter 22 than <clears throat> any comedy show oh, I've seen. It's a, it's a solid ages. episode of Herman's Head right there. <laughs> Oh, dropped a Herman there you reference. Go. There you go. I wow. went to Mary's on Friday night for our D&D game. Mm. I walk in the door and Mary says, did you see Danny's tweet? 
about Chris Perkins being the best guest of all time I on Critical World. That, <laughs> she was not having it. She's like, Danny and I like this. And now next time I see her, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm like, shit, dude. But honestly though. I love you. But honestly though. The best guest. <laughs> <laughs> Burn so bright. First question for you, Matt. Yes. It's from our pal Kyle with an N. Kyle with an N. How would you say that? Uh, Kyle. Kyle. Oh, that's really really close. It's Nile. <laughs> oh, there we go. Can you walk us through the process of how Chris Perkins <laughs> got the shortest lived guest spot in Critical Role history? Uh, the, the the process was was pretty simple. Um, I wasn't aware that Chris was going to be in town mm -hmm. until the very last minute, and uh, he asked if he can come watch the show since he's in for that Thursday night, and was like, oh yeah, totally, come on by and, and you know, hang out with us, and uh, you know, always, always welcome. And I prepared this Cobalt encounter and this particular Cobalt to be just an NPC character that I was going to play as part of the encounter and, and see how long they traveled with him, if they would have, you know, Made it a very positive encounter or a very negative it? one. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I was curious to see how the Mighty Nine would react to this this entity. And uh, after I was I was driving to the studio to get ready for the show that night, and as I'm in my car, I'm thinking, No, you, I mean, I mean, you guys are even texting me, going like, "Is wait, is Perkins guesting tonight?" I'm like, "No, no, he's not guesting. He's just coming to watch the show." Because everybody showed up you. and he's in the lobby, yeah. and everybody's like, "What?" Yeah, and yeah. and but on the way there, I was like, "You know what?" I think this would be a lot of fun, and I'll, I'll, if he's interested, I'll throw him in there and, and let him play the character and do whatever he wants with it. So when I got here and we got talking for a bit, I pulled him off to the side room and was like, "Hey, so if you're interested and, and you want to pop in for a bit, um, be probably you know a little later in the in the session." But uh, uh, this is a Cobalt inventor from the you know the stat block is actually from from the book. I was like, "Would you be interested in playing this character?" He's like, "Okay, well you know we started talking about what the Cobalt sound like in my world and uh, <laughs> which is fucking amazing yeah. by yeah. the way. Oh, so much fun. <laughs> that was hilarious. Uh, but yeah, and and very very little guidance and he 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 came with the name Splur, uh, Spurt and uh, after that I was like, "All right, cool. You'll you'll know when to jump in." Yeah. And so I sat on the side and and it was everything I hoped it would be. I didn't I wasn't sure if Spurt was gonna continue on with them, and if he did, I would take over when Chris had to leave and for future episodes and such, and he would have established the character. Um, but instead, he played Spurt True mm -hmm. uh, to, to, to live as he was meant to live, uh -huh. very briefly. Yes. <laughs> and it was, the wind. It, it was majestic. Yeah. <laughs> How long so have you been lines. down here? 11 days. How long has the lifespan of a Kobo? <laughs> 11 <laughs> days! <laughs> he was so funny. God, I love that guy. He's, you know, he's I a, asked he's a him, treasure. <laughs> I asked him after the episode that night, I said, do you want to come on talks this week? And he patted me on the back and he said, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Talison, Ferno lesbian, wants to know. Caduceus has a strong connection with nature, especially organic material. Is being underground for so long putting him on edge, or does he perceive it as just another part of the Wild Mother's glory? He he is getting used to it. He is he is definitely out of his element, but he he's in his element, but out of his element. So he's definitely. I imagine there's a lot of closing your eyes and deep and deep breathing. So he's yeah. he's a. Yeah, he's looking for things to be excited about. Not a lot of things to be excited about down here. It's yeah. kind of awful. Uh, and he also is noticing that, that in this place that he is very useful, so is definitely feeling... Um, I, I, tried, I tried to push a, much, a little bit more of a tactical head on him and just let him 
be kind of a center of like, okay, I'm going to be taking care of things. This is this is what I'm supposed to do. This is you know, you know, back at home fighting fighting off whatever the the hell got into the garden. So yeah, so yeah, he's 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 on edge, but but it's a it's a it's a healthy edge. Mm. He's not against it. Yeah, and it's better than being on the ocean at the moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> makes sense. Lava though, lava. Ugh. Ooh, the fuck, man. I'm so glad. I love all the lava shit. Oh, it's fine. I mean, I'm obviously not happy about... Uh, Matt. Yeah. Uh, my Tia man, my... my, sh- my, sh- my t- we got there. <laughs> Why do you keep referring to it as underground <laughs> instead of underdark? Is this a personal choice, or are your players not truly in the underdark yet? They're, they're not truly in the underdark yet. Um, they're not deep enough to really break into the real terrible, horrible underdark uh, of Wildmount. They're skimming bits of it, mm-hmm. um, and those are like the moment they had with the Ropers was kind of like a little taste. The uh, Fire Giants is another aspect of it they've broken into, but this was, uh, you know, partially because of just the nature of, of it being a, a fast track brewing tunnel that was created by the Kryn to get there. Um, they weren't going to do the full path through, because mm. that's treacherous for them too on a, on a military journey if they have any means of doing so. So it made more logistic sense to be like on the cusp between the two. So it's, yeah, it kind of dips between the two of them. They, they haven't even really scratched the surface of the, the true terrors of the so Underdark. Just the monorail. We're just riding the monorail on Disneyland. We're not well, actually like well, that, on any of the rides. Yeah, and, and you guys did pretty heavy Underdark, underdark in the last campaign. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to tread immediately into the same territory. It all just made sense to go this route. Yeah. Uh, who knows in the future if it'll take you there. Um, there are still a lot of things to discover in the Underdark that, you know, down the road maybe. If that's that's where, where the path takes you, but this particular one does not go that I deep. Am, I am very excited with where we're going. I have I have hopes and dreams. I don't know if they're actually going to get fulfilled, but I'm, I'm very excited. Good. I love direction. when you have hopes and dreams. It allows me to crush them no. so easily. They taste so good once they you are. press them. <laughs> press them down. Evil, yeah. evil, evil. Talison. Yeah. Forget your best friend just said that with an answer to this question from Nate Mormon. Not Mormon. Mormon. More. Mm. Maybe Mormon. As a very open character, how does Caduceus feel about all these people who are so closed off and deceitful being his companions? Is he enjoying seeing them finally begin to let some of those skeletons out of their closets. Well, they're, they're, they're not closed off and deceitful. I mean, they yeah, are. how does he view they them? They are, but, but uh, <laughs> he, he sees them as just people who have not had the appropriate life experience to, they, they have not, they were not, they're not people from a place where that, that option is available. He's just making that option available for a bunch of people who really need it. Mm. And yeah, he's, I mean, that's the thing is, is, as much as he's like a hermit character, it's not like he didn't have interactions with people all the time because, you you know, they would, people would come to the temple on a, you know, and he would have conversations with people all the time. And part of the training of being at that temple was learning to talk to people and, and make them feel better about things and like help people open up. So this is this is just such an extension of what he was doing okay. beforehand on yeah. that level. The solitary therapist. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, just tell me about the outside world. Hmm. <laughs> what, what part of it that I do not understand hurt you? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I dig it. Yeah, no, it's he's I mean like so this is this is nothing new to him. He he's he's he he he, he really likes them. Hmm. He really really likes them. Where'd you get that mug? <coughs> On the internet. It's beautiful. It came from the Etsy. 
Wow. Mm. That it's is got a rock else. on it in a wonderfully both convenient and awkward way. <laughs> yeah, well. It's kind yeah. of my whole, my whole gig, convenient and awkward. I dig it. What else was good, spurt-wise? Oh. Oh, man. How many points of damage did he take at the end? Uh, 20-something. 21 or 28. Yeah. How many did he have? He had like 12 hit points. (laughs) Yeah, because, well, my fear was like, all right, you take 21 points of damage, and he goes, I win! (laughs) 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 He just threw the bees in the giant. (laughs) You die! (laughs) You die! (laughs) It was so good! Oh, Chris made me so happy. I was like, how is he going to do that voice for the rest of the night? Turns out. You Apparently, had to do it for you had 22 minutes. <laughs> well, that was part, part of my whole creation of the, of the NPC uh, uh, that became Spurt, and the challenge with the fire giants was it wasn't meant to be a battle encounter. It was meant to be a try and escape, get by. Yeah. But now they have this loud, extremely squishy kobold that hopefully they've had some some level of like mild bonding with. Just that yeah. kind of how I wanted to engineer it and see if they were able to get him across. And make that kind of an additional part of the challenge of oh, like, yeah. do we leave him behind? Uh, now we have to get him across if we want him to continue to escort us or lead us through man. this tunnel. And uh, <laughs> no, no, just right out of the gate. <laughs> he just was not. He was like, nope. I'm gonna burn hard, fast. Was a magical was, falsetto was on that character beautiful. too. It was beautiful. That was so good. That was <laughs> fucking genius, dude. Bag of worms, man. This one's uh. for both of you. Watch me nail this. Oh, do it, Elizabeth Quintanilla. Sure. Okay. That seems, that seems Elizabeth, tweet as, me. I think as, you'll find I'm right. <laughs> and if not, I apologize for him. You can only apologize for him so yeah, much. Really sorry. How does it feel watching all the sadness pour out of Caleb and Knott's backstories? Talison, how does Caduceus feel about it? Oh man, that's, for both of you, but you can that's rough, buddy. That's <laughs> rough. That's you know, it's when you start from your lowest that you really gotta that will eventually climb to your highest heights. I mean, this is there's nowhere to go but up, really, at that point. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he's yeah. He, I don't think I don't think Clay fully comprehends how how bad this all is. Mm. I don't know if he really. I think it's just like, oh, that looks really sad. I don't know if he's really. I don't know if he can comprehend art film horror. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, just pure existential horror. I think might be slightly beyond him. Yeah. He's like they're going through a rough time. That's rough, man. Yeah. So my and like and like the cat could die. Be like, oh, that's rough, man. <laughs> God, I love Caduceus. So I know. Uh, life, death. What are you gonna do? It's the Fred Tattashore of the party. Man. Oh no, you're wow. so right. It is Fred Tattashore. You Holy shit. Everything. <laughs> One word. Oh, oh boy. Wow. Uh, Six words. Yeah, and is there a is there a better compliment? No, I mean, that is that is. I mean it as a compliment. Thank you. No, I love um, that's that's God that damn is very it! Fred I love that I live in a world where I get to run into him sometimes I because know. it is a day changer. Yeah. It is like. For those, for those who don't know, Fred Tattashore is an extremely talented voice actor for many years. He's like the voice of the Hulk for all of Marvel's animated oh, yeah. yes. stuff. Um, he's also the voice of Soldier 76 in Overwatch. He's in a billion things. Everything. And he's just a very, just. A very big, tall, laid-back Caduceus. He's yeah. totally a like, big, tall, laid-back yeah, no, Caduceus. He's just nice about everything. Just, yep. just, he's happy to see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, yeah. God, that's great that you're... This, all, this big kind of kind of tall hobbit kind of You've been doing yes. all that Dungeons and Dragons, and that's just that's great. <laughs> that's just great. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> so great. Somebody, that when, you walk, that when you see him, you're just immediately like, 
I need a hug from him. Yo, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, straight up. Uh, he'll lift you off the ground. Oh, no, he's like, he's like, a, he's like Yogi Bear. He's yeah. just this big. He's, oh, he's, he's the size of Trinket. Yeah. It's yeah. still my he's favorite NPC interaction that's ever happened on the show. I'm sorry, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Is the fucking, is the blacksmith who just wanted a hug. Yeah. It was the best. Oh, boy. Yeah, it made sense now for the character, yeah. It's, it's Fred now, just because like every time I see Fred, I'm just like, oh, oh buddy. Fred, man. Thank you for subconsciously being my character. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Uh, <laughs> so to answer that question on my yeah. end, I guess. Um, yeah, your end. Fred Tesher. Yeah, Fred Tesher is the yeah. answer. Um, <laughs> No, uh, you know, and everyone gave me their character backstories. You know, they, they'd written kind of their character's history before the game. Um, there were a handful of characters. I was like, "Wow, this is this is going to be some pretty dark stuff when we get around to it." And it was just amazing to watch those two kind of collide as it began to, to to weave the story and the paths they were going in the direction of of the conflict. And it it was an opportunity for me to go ahead and you know, because you don't want to end up having like a, a a whole story where every single person's Background ever play comes into it in a way that's just like a stage around them for a section, then a stage around them. Yeah. Um, then it becomes very kind of paint by like numbers. Car crash. You got you but got a car crash. crash. Is so much amazing. more delicious. That was amazing. It was fun. Like I couldn't <laughs> believe that that hadn't been like that. It was like that they that watching the two of them do that like do that like that weird moment of like like. Of 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 you know I'm Brian. No, I'm Brian. I'm Brian, and so is my wife. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. whoa! And they were they were they were both freaking out at each other. It was, it was great. It made me it so happy. Amazing. So so to answer the question, oh. I I was excited. Yeah. There. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think people's backstories always end up being not always, but for the most like in our in our home game when they turned in all the backstories, I'm like Jesus Christ. Because a lot of people who don't have, like, people who's like, my friend's parents aren't dead, they weren't like, you know, royalty and whatever else, they have a great life, but then coming into the game, it's like, I'm in a dump. Is it because it's a totally different... It's, it, happy people are, uh, it's, it's harder to make an interesting happy person. It's true. That, that's, that's true. I mean, it's not impossible. And no, I've, 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 in I've Yeah, I've, I've, I've played in games, you, you have. Yeah. Um, I've, I've played in games and, and had characters that, um, you know, their, their life of adventure was purely based on wanderlust and curiosity mm. and wanting to make a name for themselves in a world where they felt maybe uh, you know, insecure about their place and, and that they had, they had something to say and show. Uh, but more often than not, you know, the life of an adventurer is a very dangerous one. Mm. Um, so something had to have propelled them into... In a, in a lot yeah. of cases, it feels natural to find something in their history to give them enough reason to leave behind the safety of day-to-day -day life, mm. to go delve into deep, underground, dangerous dungeon catacombs and fight terrible monstrosities and abominations for the hope of a little bit of gold, you know. Yeah. So, so it's 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 common for people to gravitate towards elements of that. Plus, it makes for interesting, um, kind of uh, cathartic role-playing experiences for people. Uh, if maybe they're going through tough times, or they want mm -hmm. to find a point in the story where they can work through something that they themselves are kind of having a hard time with, um, it's not uncommon for people to, to create some sort of hidden uh, duality between something their characters struggling with and something that they themselves may be privately struggling with. Yeah. And this story in this game becomes a way for them to kind of deal with it in a healthier way, or have a better perspective on it, on how to make steps towards improving it. Uh, or even just just to work through the emotions of it, have a good you know mm -hmm. cry, break down, and Cathartic. feel better about it. So yeah, right. um, there's many reasons, but they're 
yeah, there's there's a lot of really tragic D&D characters yep. out there. Yep. <laughs> I don't know, Talison. I feel like he danced around answering my question. Yeah, that was that was that was a that was a long walk to nowhere. I don't know. You can hit him. If only you were loosened up by some nice, neat scotch. Sometimes you're just a dude who has a happy family who has gone into a in a, into a dungeon because he has a hard time forming meaningful relationships yes, with people. I know. So you you got to do what you can. That's Sometimes really, really there's good. a man. Oh, no, pass, it over yeah, to pass that over to Fred Tattish. That's really Jr. good. The only thing it's missing is a little coke. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Max, like can we end? Chaser. A Mountain Dew has some mm. cactus cooler we in there. Can there be amazing. Oh. Oh. Cactus cool. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Talson. Like a summer camp drunk. Man. Oh. <laughs> All right. Matt, I'm going to make you stop talking by answering please, this question. Please. Evan Litvick. What was it like playing the kobolds during the episode compared to reading lines for kobolds and catacombs? I mean, it's hard not to pull inspiration from that. Of I mean, course. kobolds are kobolds. They're these tiny little barking, you know, dragonoid creatures. And No, you could have had it this oh way. God. Matt's answering a question. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, mm. And so, yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're yippy and, <laughs> and, and my interpretation of it, mm-hmm. based on just size and demeanor, because they are they're menacing and they can be terrifying, uh, but also weirdly adorable uh, depending on why you, how you want to play it and where you know what the history of that kobold uh, clan may be, uh, so yeah, I mean like you get to a certain point where we're like for kobolds and catacombs, I'd done a number of different kobold voices in a similar range, and uh, I mean you know I even I have limitations, so yeah. it's like all right, I'll I'll hit a point here where you know what this is a, this is a comfortable pocket, it conveys what I need to for the characters. And those who have played Cobalt's Catacombs, it's a nice little Easter egg for you. Yep. <laughs> you can, I was going to say, yeah, anything you can hold for two hours is kind of the, can I hold this voice for two hours and not die? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how I was wondering about Knott's voice the first episode of oh, the campaign. Oh, as soon as he opened up with that, we were like, Sam, what are you doing, buddy? <laughs> right. And you can watch it kind of adjust over the first few episodes to a more comfortable place, and it was like, okay. Well, was, he actually said it, too. He yeah, says, he I get... himself out on it as soon as he started talking. Yeah, he was, I was like, I yep. guess this is what I'm doing now? He was <laughs> like, oh, yeah, two years. You're baby. hurt yourself. What an no. asshole. Oh. Was it uh, one of the Force Grays or something where Hardwick did a voice and then immediately was like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have done that voice. I think so, yeah. I did that in our, our first home game. I, the first night, I'm like, it was a British accent. You guys know how. Your British oh, accent it's fantastic. is, Show is an amazing. Example. It's flawless. No. <laughs> <laughs> Only Laura Bailey. Only heart music Laura Bailey can get me to do my British accent. Okay, next talk she's on. Yeah, no. <laughs> Talison, mm. Paper Volcano wants to know. Ooh. Those don't last long. They don't. Burn bright. <laughs> when Caduceus started traveling with the Mighty Nine, you described him as, an, as unhealthily skinny. After spending months traveling with the Nine, how's he doing? Oh, he's, he's, he's a vegan on the road. He's not looking better. <laughs> if you've ever, if you've ever, if you've ever taken taken a, a that was at Sundance. Oh, I know. It's a if you've, if you've ever if you've ever taken a road trip with a vegan, then then you know that they're, like the minute you get to the places where they're like, we don't have vegetables here, and you're uh-huh. like, what are you gonna eat, man? And they're like, yeah, I'm gonna get the lettuce that comes with the burger, Ugh. and you're like, oh, oh boy, oh, yep, I'm. We should have packed better. Uh huh. Yeah. You'll find a field to graze in. He's yeah. I mean, like he's definitely he's still he's still a little a little lanky. It's not not a lot of muscle on that boy. I mean, if you guys ended up say in the underdark for three weeks, what would he do? 
I don't think he necessarily needs sunlight. He's not really like, I mean, yeah. like, he's pretty pale. And but like, I meant for food. He can, he can make his own. Food. I make my own. Oh, that's right. Oh, magic, motherfucker. That's right. <laughs> it's basically tofu. I can actually make, like, it's like, it's basically tofu. 45 pounds of tofu. 45 pounds of, 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 of semi-firm tofu. That's going to be the yeah. we're practically gods of this campaign, is Caduceus yeah. telling people it's basically tofu. It's basically tofu. <laughs> I love it. I love. I love because they actually describe it in the manual as like, kind of very bland and and like tasteless. Like like it's almost garnished. It's just broken. yeah. Like, it's 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 the semi firm that comes in the little liquid pack. It's yeah. Like you need to do something to it. It's the the oh. tiny edible gelatinous cube. Yep. It's a, it's it's. <laughs> I've got one. Wow. Gelatinous meal. It's gelatinous gelatinous cube in a pack. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt. Yes. Yes. Townsend yes. SW wants to know. So far, we've seen a mid-level party descend into the Underdark in search of a halfling, briefly befriend a doomed native, and almost lose a rogue's foot to lava. Any more callbacks in the works? Completely <laughs> unintentional. <laughs> like, it's, I didn't even think about it until people started calling it out on the internet. I was like, ah, yeah. what is going on? Gotta uh, steal somebody's shoes now. Yeah. I didn't know they were gonna go in the tunnels. I, 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 I wish I could show you my notes for like the session after the reveal. I had so many things planned for like, if they go to Zadash, if they go to this place, if they go to this place to figure out like allies and you know get information and figure out what to do, and they just went right down the tunnels. And uh, I hadn't had anything planned for the tunnels originally. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like they could inspect a few things, but you know when you play the game and the players want to go a direction and it makes sense, you allow them to go that way. Yeah. You know, make make it challenging. Mm -hmm. um, but they found a way to dire, you know, so honey badger their way through wrong. a wall. I know. And so it took it in a different direction. And. Um, so yeah, I, I wasn't planning for it to go the way as as it occasionally happens, and uh, and and a lot of this was just kind of you know when you're preparing a game, find out what makes sense for the next endeavor, the next encounter, the next challenge, the next pathway, and I was skirting above the underdark because I didn't want to tread into familiar territory, and right. then all these like subtle parallels began to pop out, and I was like, oh my god, I can't escape it. No. Nope. So. Oh well. Which is we're, crazy because the writers have didn't even see the first campaign. <laughs> Jesus. No, never. The writing jokes never end. Hey Talison. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Fraulein Camara wants to know. Mm -hmm. Have you and Battle Mercy, Laura, agreed that Caduceus is the healer of the two clerics, or is that something that just comes more naturally to Caduceus than well, to like, Chester? Cl clerics are like are like uh, um, um, uh, bards in the sense that like you can get a lot of vari There's a lot of variance uh, yeah. in that in those in those magic sets, and he's he's by the grave cleric build is just far more inclined than a trickster. A trickster cleric is supposed to be a little bit more of a of a toolkit. Yeah. Whereas he's a medi kit, like mm -hmm. there's there's definitely some stuff that he can do, but like he's really any time that I'm doing damage, I'm probably not doing my job. Like like any time that yeah, that I shouldn't really be doing damage. I should be doing yeah, everything I else otherwise. That. Yeah, I understand that feeling. Uh, and she should be doing. She should be having effects on the on the on the on the uh, battlefield, but also holding. Healing in in the back pocket too. Mm. So I, I like I like having two of us. Between the two of us, we can kind of cover that, and I can occasionally do some weird stuff on the battlefield. And I've got like again like that like that um, uh, uh, cancel that I can do to a to a critical hit. And that was cool. Yeah, I, I can do that so many times. Yeah, what yeah. is it like four like, or oh, five per rest. long no. rest? No, yeah, like I can do it five <laughs> times per that. long five times per long rest. Wow, as long as I'm within thirty feet of the victim. Yeah. <laughs> Damn front. Hey, don't tell him that. 
I have, Talis, I have, Matt, you've already done horrible things yeah, to, to, to Talos in this I don't want to end up with the two <laughs> oh, of you man. crying on this couch I mean, again. I mean, I'm just going to say I've, I've, got, I've, I've learned my lesson, and I have like three new good ideas ready to go. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, for either good. this campaign or the next, I'm, I'm like, I've got I've got some stuff in there. Good. Just saying. Although Laura will have to learn how to use healing spells again. That <laughs> no, she's going to love that. Happen. No. Matt, yes. Bafflslop wants to know. That's a great name. It is. You've said character death works best when it's r- narratively fulfilling. How would you rate spurts? Oh, top, top class. I mean, yeah. we should go that's, home now. That, yeah, that is, yeah. The, that is the most fulfilling character death I think I could have ever hoped for. Um, it's a complete character arc. Like, you got a mini campaign in 22 minutes. It's that was amazing. So good. Uh, <laughs> 11 days. 11 days. 11 days of spurt. 11 days of spurt. I wish we could have seen all 11. You know, imagine they weren't dissimilar. Imagine the first two days. Yeah, oh, it was a lot of crawling. A lot of crawling. Yeah, collecting all that shit. He collected yeah. all that shit in eleven days. Yeah, yeah. That's I, driven. I have trouble I wish, getting to a gym. That's yeah. Uh, I, I wish we had to get that from below the ground. That's, that's a lot of verve. I think he probably killed some people and uh, took it from them. You think that people already had a skunk on them, and he just killed some people I and think, found? Oh, I thought you said skunk. stuff. I didn't Possible. hear you say no, skunk. No, I said skunk. Oh, I think skunk. he found Ooh, a skunk know, defiling man. an already dead corpse. Okay, That's solid. Thank That's you. Solid. That's a very talented like, answer. Are skunks? I don't know enough about skunks to really answer this skunks. question. You... Are they burrowers? Because he is underground. Kobolds don't really go above ground. I also I, don't really I, know the, enough the about skunks. Kobolds can go, go above ground and below ground. They can come from many different locations. I'm not saying they can't. I'm just was wondering if it's possible. I've he... never known a skunk to, to. I'm sure skunks can slightly burrow, but the ones in my neighborhood do not. They, they, they. To be fair, they walk around like they own the fucking place. I'm so. just curious. To answer your question. Um, Spurt has a skunk in the same way that all the other kobolds in the 11 days that Spurt's been alive have said to each other quietly when Spurt's not paying attention, where the hell did he get a skunk? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think it's legitimately a mystery within the community of kobolds and uh, something that, that only Arthur C. Clarke (laughs) <laughs> would have known. He, f- he found a magic jar that once a day so deposits a skunk. It's just like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> fucking skunk. It's an alchemy jug, but it's, yeah. it's the jug of skunks. Skunks, oh, no. the skunk jug. Skunks, squirrels, and otters, and he just like, ah, oh, it's skunk day, <laughs> shit. So That's you could true. try it after a long rinse, r- long rest, you get an otter. Yeah. That's a very unhappy otter. That's pretty funny. Oh there so is kind funny. of an item like that. I'm sure there is. Yeah. So <laughs> They're all scratching their heads. Yeah. Talison Goldstab wants to know what did Caduceus think about the romance novel as it was being read aloud? Did he enjoy it? Uh, he did not. Yeah, he did enjoy it. Uh, I don't think he entirely understood what the point. I was going to say, does he know what they're talking? <laughs> about? No, I mean, he is aware of it, but it doesn't. It, it hasn't really like it, it, it. No, it has not entirely clicked. No, he's yeah. he's he's aware that the ah uh, oh, they're doing the hanky panky stuff. That's great, <laughs> but like. Hey, that good old hanky panky Yeah, he's stuff. A, he, like, yeah, he's it's it's not really in in his in his wheelhouse. When two people really love each other, yeah, <laughs> they hanky panky all over each other. That's uh, that's what she meant. And you turn yourself around. <laughs> all right, all right. Oh, that's hard. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Let's not go down that road. You put your left foot in. <laughs> Matt. Please, please oh, that was a good one to end it on, Brian. Well, the, the show's not over, Danny. <laughs> bad Skeels wants to know. Bad Skeels. They got bad Skeels. That sounds like a Rob Liefeld character. <laughs> How proud were you to see the Mighty Nine come up with a good plan to avoid the How Giants? Was that a good How plan? sad were you to derail it in two rolls? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, yes, uh, very and very. Yeah. Um, it was it was a great plan. Um, you know, it was all you all pulled in your skills for fast movement. I was very proud of you all, and and it was honestly, if if not, hadn't rolled so low, legitimately just on the threshold of the passive perceptions of both giants. I was like, ah, oh. as the master of stealth with advantage from invisibility. Uh, I mean, she had advantage like out the freaking wazoo because she had invisibility, she had that cloak, and she had the blessing. Yeah. Not that it matters. Not that it matters. Yeah, because there's still advantage. But that just shows as a testament how bad Sam is as a player. That's, that's fair. Yeah. You know, I think that's all, what we're saying. Is that what every we're saying? episode, we're just like Sam's right there. Play hard, bud. Yeah. <laughs> last campaign's final episodes will tell you that. Yeah. Um, Real. Yeah. It, it, but but once again, those are my favorite D and D moments sometimes yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, you can you can plan terribly and just wing it, and it's a terrible idea. And sometimes the dice work for you, and it turns out okay. And you're like, that was a magnificent clusterfuck. Oh my God! Let's we'll talk about this for forever. Then you have the moments where you're like, "All right, no worries, we got this. You do this, you do this, you do this. All right, great, roll." Well, yep, <laughs> we're fucked now, uh-huh. and you'll talk about that for forever. You know, yeah. so like it's what, what, yeah, it's the same. No, no plan survives contact with the enemy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just... So it, it it sucked, but it made for a very cinematic and intense encounter. Yeah, yeah. Well, so. What was that quote? No, no plan survives contact, contact with the enemy. Is that what you guys would tell each other back in the Spanish Civil War? <laughs> I was trying to think of a really old war, Steve. What's another really old war? Spanish Civil War is... The Carpathians, Napoleon. I mean, come on. Napoleon? I don't think Napoleon was a war, Steve. I think that was a person. We need to let the, Steve the read more books. Wars. Yeah, the Napoleonic Wars, yeah. wars. The Napoleonic Wars, yeah. There you go. It's also coming to the Sci-Fi Channel. Talison. <laughs> Yeah. Brainblow X wants to know. Yes. What feat did Caduceus take? Which were you considering? I I sat through and read through the whole book, and I didn't even. I kind of tried to go through some of the other weird feats to just to see what was around. Although they've got some really interesting uh, racial specific feats, but that's a nothing really applied. Um, I went with a uh, uh, warcaster. Nice. Smart. Which yeah, after having I actually uh, I'll give a shout out to. Uh, uh, between uh, Danny Carr and, and Sam DeLev, who are the two best tactical thinkers I know when it comes to RPGs, I was like, this seems to be in character and useful. Yeah. Which was the was, which was the kind of the meditative. I've got this. I'm not going to be thrown by things. Everything's fine. But yeah, that it's. Tell it's me a, what it does. Warcaster. The big thing that it does, it does a few little things. But the big thing is you get advantage on concentration checks. Yeah, so if you have a spell you're concentrating on and you take damage, you can manage to try and maintain advantage. it, which is great. Yeah, advantage on concentration tricks, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. It's also oh, cool. Yeah, yeah go. Uh, the other thing you can do is you have, is it changes the way that your reactions work. Yeah. You can take a reactionary hit, uh, you can use a spell, as long as that spell is a single target spell. So, so, so when you have an opportunity attack against somebody, mm-hmm. normally you would have to just hit him with your staff or whatever. I hit you with my stick. But with that, with that feat, he can... Cast a spell as a reaction opportunity. Attack. That's how. That's how you'll leave when Burt Reynolds tell you to, tells you to leave was able to happen with the Bigby's hand. That's right. You'll leave when Burt Reynolds. As long as it has a single. As long, yeah. As long as it is a, is a has a a, a single a single focus, then it's fine. That you yeah. Can just single target and action casting. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's pretty cool. That's yeah. awesome. I can't wait to see it in action. Uh, that would, that would, yeah. I'm hoping, uh, not for a while is what I'm hoping, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? You don't want to end up in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Well, nothing. <laughs> we're going to give away fan art of the week. With no gift of the week this week, but fan art of the week. 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 
Card Day. Card Day. In a sweater. He's so handsome. This week's fan art winner for campaign two, episode 50, was sent oh, in so by excited. Sarah Drews at Laramonium. Let's take a look. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, um, so close to making that leap. I want to play that game. That's an 8-bit game I want to play. I right? Straight up. Straight uh, up. I love the fire giant in the background. Yeah. Shovel knot? Oh. Mm. oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, the dreadnought looks so good. Oh, God. Looks amazing. Didn't really get to hit anybody with the shields. I'm sad about that. That thing scared oh, the bejesus out of me. It should. That's, That's a scary thing. That thing was like, well, why are you filling your shield with magma? What? Why? No. <laughs> because you was a dick. <laughs> oh, Not just, you, I meant the, the giant. Oh, I know. The, I, I was, was with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you to everyone who submitted. Congrats to you, Sarah. You have won this. Custom, <laughs> oh shit. Whoa. Custom Valentine's Day Dice Vault. Now, you can get one of these customized with five different wood and inlay options. Nice. And your own message translated in Elvish. They'll arrive before Valentine's Day if you order before February 7th, which is this Thursday, right? I think so, yeah. And there's no critical role this Thursday. So instead, order your significant other an Elvish delight from our friends at Wormwood Gaming. That's not what they're called. Uh, wormwoodgaming.com. Also, you can enter our weekly contest by emailing your GIF or fan art to submit <gasps> at toxmachina.com. Rules for our <laughs> contest are available at critroll.com. It's true. Marisha, are you drawing over there? I'm practicing my pub You're practicing your drawings? Yeah. Oh, so, It makes me so It's looking happy. good. Like I'll walk by every now every now and then, and she'll just be there practicing drawing. And I haven't seen her draw in a long time, so it it's makes awesome. me really excited. I've never seen you draw up until recently. This I mean, is first started dating, she showed me some of the sketches she used to do, and so like it's been really great to watch her get back into it. It makes me happy. That's awesome. Yay! Yay! She is very inspiring. <laughs> well, let's see. Hmm. Oh, are you out? No, I've got more. Why did you make that face? Oh, because it was so cocalicious. <laughs> Cocalicious, dude. I gotta quit. It's tasty. Mm. What are you guys? What? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Go on. We're 50 episodes into this campaign. Yes. Is it as far along as you thought it would be? It's obviously off the rails to a certain extent from where you probably thought it would be 50 episodes in. Oh yeah, Last uh, that's year. the nature of D&D. But where, yeah, where, obviously no spoilers, but in the trajectory of the campaign, how do you think it's, how do you think it's going 50 episodes in? I'm, I'm excited, we're, uh, oh man, we're, we're charging into Jorhas. I know, yeah. I wish Ash was here. Earlier than I was expecting. Yeah. I know, we need to get Ashley back soon. I wanted to run we get her back for as soon, long as possible. I think we get her back we soon. We get her back in, a, in like a couple months, right? I think, hopefully, yeah. Uh, fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited where, where it is and where it's going. Uh, yeah, like I've, I, when I planned out the campaigns, you can't plan everything out in advance. You shouldn't. But I, I have certain beats that are happening in the world and certain events, and some of them you guys were there for, some of them happened without you. Mm. And so I wasn't sure how things were going to lie when we got to our 50th episode, and people are like, 50th episode, something crazy is going to happen. I'm like, no, it doesn't work that way. Spurt. I, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. And that, that that's one you that get. That was the crazy, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to 
change the story or tailor the trajectory to be fit like a an episode number. Um, yeah, this isn't I, this I isn't a nineteen eighties sitcom. <laughs> no, and I, and I and I really liked and like from from the beginning, I definitely felt because I I knew that you were building this this crazy war story that was happening, and then like and I was as you were like telling us like sort of. The, giving us the broader strokes of this world, I'm like, we've. I'm so proud that we've put together a group of people. Exactly. Oh, good no. boy. Good boy. That we're going to avoid that at all costs and be like, nope, we're going to the other side of the okay, continent. Okay. Yeah. Right. Oh, me. I know. Henry. Somebody's outside dragging something. He oh, don't. Buddy. He don't like that. No. <laughs> it's Max's car getting repoed. Oh. <laughs> we should really pay him, Marisha. Remind me next week to get, ask somebody about that. Uh, Continue, Matthew. <laughs> Apologize for my dog and no, the repo no. man. You should. Um, no, I, 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 I can't say it's not. It's in some ways it's not as far along as I thought, and in some ways it's way further than I thought it would be. You know, uh, their involvement in the empire has been a little less than I was expecting. Oh, interesting. But the paths that they're taking are. Rocketing in directions I also wasn't anticipating. Because I, I, if, if it had been Vox Machina, we would have been in the middle of that shit so fast. Oh yeah. And I love that these guys. I love that this is kind of very much the like. Oh no, we don't. We are. We are not those people, and we do not want anything to do with this. Yeah. This which is political bullshit. Which is why I'm very interested to see how what happens how, when we're well, forced. Well, where's the thing? War sounds exhausting. Well, it also has a tendency to. Kill people to expand and oh yeah, and oh, dra- yeah. draw people into it, whether they yeah that we were that's be affected I, by it or not. Yes, that's what I've been waiting for because I think there's there's a point where you can no longer avoid the war, even if you're actively trying to, because and that's that's of course c- that's kind of what we're starting to hit elements of that. Yeah, uh, and it's still their choice how they want to get involved, and uh, the path they're taking is a very interesting one, and I'm excited to see where it leads us. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I like it. What I've said it before. My most exciting moments in running role-playing games is when the players surprise me, and I have no idea where it's going. Mm-hmm. And so I have to kind of play very reactionary and 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 uh, reflexively and trying to prep in front uh, where I think things may possibly make sense to go. Yeah. But uh. But yeah. And 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 like I said before, there are there are things happening on the outskirts that they're now not going to necessarily encounter, and those will have waves and ripples as well. Yeah. I'm stoked. I'm excited. I just want to get that sword made, man. That's all I want to do is fix that sword. I, this, this is my goal now. Hey, man, you just got to find the the right kind of uh, people. You have you have you have a little bit of guidance. Sword ends up being super lame. I'm, I'm <laughs> expecting this to be a singing sword. Like literally, we build it, and it's just like a plus one sword that. Never stop singing. <laughs> but like the burning bush. And, yeah. And, you and, belong to my heart. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's cursed. You can never put it down. I'm in. I'm so in. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. She'll be coming around the mountain. So stupid. Uh, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> so oh, stupid. It would be awful. You do have a little bit of information on the sword, though, don't you? We do. We know we have to go north. Yeah, Uthodurn. Uthodurn, yeah. That's so funny. I've been, I've been like, I felt like too it, far from your home. That's fair. I know. I was like, well, I could have just, uh, well, I had to buy it all the way. You know, I'm, I am yeah. kind of going back. Yeah, I'm aware. Yeah. Whenever we get back to, you know, or your like, home turf at some that, point down that the road. Poor chunk of backstory I gave you so fucking late, and I'm so sorry for it. Don't look at me, man. Yeah. You guys are deciding the path to take. I know. 
Oh. I can't force it. I can't wedge everyone's backstory if you're all going. Oh, this is where our, our stories lie. Well, well, I'm, yeah. We're gonna go this way. Yeah, yeah. I, I, try, yeah. I tried to give you some room to. to yeah, that, like, that, that was all. Great. Like that's Thank room you. to room to play. No, it'll 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 be there. Yeah. Whenever. Whenever. I'm I'm in no rush. I'm I'm enjoying I'm enjoying uh, just corralling all of these all the kids. Oh yeah. Well, Caduceus, really... Caduceus has brought such a unique and, in hindsight, absolutely needed. necessary energy to this to this yeah. group. Uh, like he did a grog, and we needed yeah. a pike, and he is grog and pike. Grog and pike. That's a good way of putting mm. it. Uh, and I think it was the conversation that Caduceus and Bo had uh, on the ship. Heading back, I think it was where they both realized that they might be at this time the parents. Yeah, Bo, Bo is also Caduceus's favorite at the moment, which is a whole interesting. That's a great dynamic. Yeah, the two of you have a phenomenal dynamic. I'm, I'm, yeah, I really like, like, I, yeah, like, I can't not be best friends in a show. <laughs> I guess, I guess that does, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Even, even Bo and Molly, God rest his soul, they were like. Heading that way. Ford, 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 he considers to be an angsty teen. That is definitely like. You're not wrong. Yeah. I kind of consider him that too. Yeah, no, he's <laughs> he's like, you just got to get your shit together and knock all Tell this me off. Tell about what Caduceus thinks of every person in the party. I need it right now. Um. Oh God. Uh. He. He. Oh wow. What am I gonna get in trouble for? Uh. Uh, yeah, now he. You don't have to answer. That. No, I don't have to answer that what question. What are you in trouble for? Oh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like, of like any, any particularly. He definitely uh, kind of thinks Caleb is occasionally up his own butt a bit. Uh, you think? Yeah. <laughs> um, and he hasn't figured out the gesture as an adult yet. Oh, interesting. <laughs> he is. He is. N he doesn't regard her as an adult. I mean, which is like he, he kind of it, like his whole thing with her is very. Childish and playful, and has not really. You are squishing her, by the way. I know she's squishing right there. He hasn't. He hasn't figured out that she's probably got. I mean, he's aware that there's other stuff going on, but it ha he hasn't really gone looking for it yet. So he's like, "Oh, she's happy and fine. Good. Thank God somebody is." <laughs> and obviously, that's not true. And he should know better, but he does. He hasn't gone looking for it. Yet. He has bigger fish to fry at the moment. <laughs> I mean, the, the angsty boys are very angsty, and. And they currently have one emo girl to deal with as well. There was a great. Boys. I'm sorry, I'm totally derailing this. No. There was a great meme that I saw that said something about like the Mighty Nine have one brain cell between the between all of them, and really just the transfers between like Bo and Not the whole time. Right. He's, he's also he's also disappointed in Not for the amount of drinking, but he, he would never say that out loud. Uh, although oh, the notion that he can make that go away with a moment's notice is definitely way more power than he should have. Whoa. So, <laughs> see, I think you've had enough. <laughs> oh, that's dark, but yeah. That was amazing, because we did go off the rails, but you guys answered like four questions in that whole thing, so it's, it's perfect. It's actually like want. fucking perfect. Um, Talison, yeah. Jesse, that's it, just Jesse. Hi, Jesse. Hey, Hi, Jesse. Caduceus often seems very curious of things that he has never encountered, preferring to talk to creatures even when they might be dangerous. Is it because he was surrounded by things people are needlessly freaked out by, graves, the dead, that he assumes most things aren't as scary as people think? Things are as scary as people think. I think that he understands that dangerous things have wisdom and that there is a great amount of information to be gleaned from approaching dangerous things as an equal. Wow, that just came out of me. Never mind. Hey, What's in this? Fuck. Uh, That's the Talison I grew yeah, up with. Not as strong as it could be. Not as strong as it could be. Stuff is going to be kicking in about ten minutes. There Here we go. go. Uh, 
Fucking light. Yeah, no, it's he's he's he is uh, he is aware that that there is great wisdom that comes from dangerous things, and that and that they that approach can glean you an awful lot before you actually have to go and 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 have a physical encounter. There's sometimes just walking up to something and asking is very useful. Hmm. That's true. It's a different approach. Not a lot of that in D and D. Sometimes. <laughs> It's a lot of ask, sometimes, ask questions sometimes you later. Can keep from being yeah. in, sometimes you can keep from being arrested in front of a in front of a coffee shop just by really casually off, offering the officer a hot pocket, and hot like, would pocket. you like a hot pocket? And they they don't know how to respond to that, so they're like, "I'm giving you a warning," and they walk away. And like, apparently, the hot pocket worked. Man, I miss <laughs> hot pockets so much. No, <laughs> I would eat them if they weren't forty five percent fiberglass. <laughs> uh, I just eat fiberglass now, <laughs> Matt. Yes. Yeah. Carolina Chalupska, Chalupska wants to know. Chalupska. It's almost Chalupa, and I like it. <laughs> the encounters in this episode were resolved in three different ways, mostly without fighting. How do you get players to understand not every encounter has to be a bloody fight to the death? <laughs> uh, it, I it, love this question. It's a great question. It's a great question. Um, it, it takes a while sometimes, depending on the group. Uh, some people like the idea of you know victory in combat is a big part of the game, and so. Uh, it comes with some time of trust. Sometimes you have to teach lessons by giving them battles that they cannot win, mm-hmm. and letting them know when it starts to turn. You know, to to those who would be in the know, characters that may pick up on the on the the clues. Perhaps your best option is to flee. Yes. Um, you know, it's 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 a process of teaching with your players, and and it's and even sometimes if they're not picking up on the cues, talking to them between sessions and be like, you know, not all. Not all encounters, uh, you know, can be resolved this way, and in some cases, there are benefits and rewards that can be gleaned mm. from, you know, bypassing an encounter in a nonviolent way, and it just comes with, Reward, with teaching. Rewarding a, car- a player for for solving something in an, an unusual way. Yeah, way. you know, not, not, yeah. A lot of people like a lot of that also comes from the older editions of D anD D in which experience points were only quantified by the power of the creatures you had killed mm-hmm. or the amount of gold you had gotten. Yeah, uh, and those were like. Those were just the numbers there, and so it taught in an early stage of the game's uh, existence this idea that if you do not kill monsters, you do not get more powerful. Grind. Yeah, and uh, and I, so as as a dungeon master, it's just it's a learning experience for your players, and you have to teach them, you have to guide them sometimes through actual in-game lessons, and sometimes through talking to them on the outside of the game if you feel like it's not quite sinking in. Um, and when one of them does get that little spark. And manage to show some interest. Try and let it, even if it's a ridiculous spark. Even if it's, you know, oh man, that's a real tough sell to make that work. But I'll adjust this NPC to be receptive to what they're talking about, just because I want them to have an experience where they can mm. engage in a nonviolent manner and 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 defeat this, or allow them to escape this danger without just fighting them head on. And then at the end of that, give them a reward of some kind. Give them give them a, a, a path they weren't expecting to take that leads into uh, a treasure hoard. Let, yeah. let a fancy hat. A fancy hat works great. Maybe maybe the, the the scenario leads them with an ally who was originally an enemy, who now they can come to for help, you know, forging new equipment. Right. Yeah, who yeah. knows? Fancy chaps. Yeah. So just uh, it's all about chaps today. It has been a, it's chaps, been a chappy like, day. Yeah. It's very chappy. <laughs> and me and Dalson both own pairs of chaps yeah, we, we discovered we were, today. We were having that conversation earlier yeah. today. The, the costume parties we've been to. <laughs> Jesus. No, we can't talk about those. No, no, no. Talson. Yeah. Our last question of the night is from 
pale new moon. This is the one I got fucking nice. shamed for a month ago. Caduceus' staff is so interesting. Where did he get it? And is there anything you can tell us about it without spoiling too much? Uh, yes. Uh, my personal inspiration from, from it was very Dark Crystal. I was, I was mm. in the 48 hours I had to come up with shit. <laughs> oh, buddy. Uh, I, I definitely was like, I like, I like Henson. I'm gonna look at some Brian Froud art. That'll make me feel better. Uh, it did. Uh, the crystals come, the, the crystal that, that he's holding actually comes from the, the land itself that he lives on. It's actually, it was in the earth. Oh. Uh, he dug it up and broke it and put and found wood and actually he made the, he made the staff kind of from, from him by himself. I think his siblings probably helped a bit. Wow. Um, cause since they have some skills that he does not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's kind of cultivated. The air plants that live on it, and the and the and the creatures that live inside of it, until it was a sustainable, uh, self-contained ecosystem. It's his own miniature ecosystem. Yeah. I love that. It's great. <laughs> oh man, it's a little piece oh, of home he carries with him. You were saying that whenever the, um, the I have a very important question. You yeah. were saying that whenever the, the little beetles or whatever they were, the little bees that were mm -hmm. attacking the, the the lava that was in the shield guys that the shield mm -hmm. guy was holding, are they okay? Well, all they, of have, the beetles very, come they back? have very short lifespans, so there are the, the whole the whole swarm never leaves. Okay. So it takes them a little while to run through a cycle to, to, to build up, but they are leaving constantly and going and doing stuff and dying and so okay. no, they're all dead. But oh, no. <laughs> a majority of them. But there'll be pl there are plenty of them that didn't leave the stick that are currently so stick reproducing. Is still okay. The stick's fine. Yeah. Okay, it's fine. Yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be full in no time. Full of beetles. Full of beetles. Worms, beetles, night crawlers, yeah. spiders. Hey, Talison. Yeah. How many more questions about your stick are you willing to answer? <laughs> um, That's all the time we have for tonight, folks. <laughs> Stick around for Talks Machina After <laughs> Dog on projectalpha.com. I would like to thank Matt and Talison for joining me tonight. Woo. Reminder there is no critical role this week, but we'll be back the following week on Thursday, February 14th for episode 51. Is that backwards for the folks at home? No, never mind. Okay. Don't forget to love each other, and don't worry, it's almost Thursday. Stay turnsty, my friends. Are we back? Zach? Yes. You didn't say one. You know, he says five, four, three, two. If there's no one, I assume the countdown has stopped and we're not back on. <laughs> But I'm learning now that's not the case. That explains so much about your unique style. Is yeah. this an old school showbiz thing? What, I have head scratch from a bear? N well, not the head scratch I from mean. a bear. <laughs> the foot kiss? The foot kiss. Feet your feet are kissing. <laughs> last week, Sam and Liam, was last week Sam and Liam, Max? Uh, yeah. Last week feels like a month ago. Last week, Sam and Liam were doing a lot of foot action. That's weird. We have to. Like, it's not weird. It's Sam that. and Liam. No, I mean like there is no upping. I mean like that's the Sam and Liam thing. Yeah. yeah. I'm very relaxed right now. How do you guys feel? I took a nap during the quick break. There's There's a, something in this Coke that's really chilling me out. <sighs> I, I I glanced at Twitter to see the absolute mountain of rage coming at us for ruining this Thank liquor. You. Critters. We had no idea. Thank you, critters. I had no idea. I told Max <coughs> when I saw him start to, he lifted I, the Coke can and I said, What the fuck are you doing? So, and he goes, 
They told me to do it, dude. I said, they don't know what they're talking about, though. Take it in like this. And he started weeping, as he does. And he's like, stop yelling at me, man. I didn't mean it. I actually, I'll, I'll make it up to you next week. I'll bring in, there's a bottle of scotch I'm really excited about that actually comes from this group, uh, uh, this amazing distillery in Kentucky that makes the best scotch. I'm entirely fucking with you right now. That's obviously a Kent. You know what's funny? Imagine this, this critter saved up for a year to send us... Uh, no. Okay. A 21-year-old, and then you guys were like, no way, and you put it in a bowl, and then you put the bowl on the ground, and you just peed into it. <laughs> That's... I'm so, I'm so I'm sorry. So sorry. I have no other we defense mechanism for yeah. the big jokes. That's yeah. all I've got left. We... We humbly prostrate we are, we are, ourselves we are before drinking, you. We are drinking what's currently in these cups in penance. Yeah. Yes. With the knowledge that we will have to have proper... Yes. After this, I will get both of you very drunk, and you'll yeah. forget all about this. I in no way have shit to do tomorrow morning, no. The Greater Sea, Talison, asked the question we've all wanted to know for years. How did you get started with eyeliner? Uh, I mean, I experimented in high school, I suppose. Who didn't? Um, Are we still talking about eyeliner? Oh, eyeliner. Um, (laughs) (laughs) See, Talison and I have a thing. I just, it's a layup. I love, I, you, I just know that he's, I know that he's right there pitch, with me. You pitch so well. I mean, like, you're, I mean, Softball. like, it's you just, catch oh, so man, well. yeah, it's just right, and right in the glove, right in my, in my open, How did you get started hand. with eyeliner, <laughs> was the question. So high school? High school vampire LARPing, because vampire LARPing, and then, uh, before then, then eventually when I started, because I started going to goth clubs a little early because I had a fur card due. Um, I mean, statute of limitations. Statute of limitations. Okay. That's everybody involved is dead now, pretty much anyway. Uh, Thanks to or you. Or living in... in <laughs> Thanks yeah. to you, Talison. I was going to say, the, 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 bouncer, the bouncer who would be in trouble is, lives in Sacramento now, so no one has to know. Fuck Sacramento. Uh, <laughs> That's where Max is from. Guy, I love fuck. Sacramento, I'm just kidding. That's where uh, Max is from. I just want to get a reaction out of him. Yeah, no, I mean, like this was this was falling in with the goth kids. You have to learn how to do your makeup. I, 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 I used to do the full... Pasty white, like like creepy mime makeup, and then would do you know you do the eyeliner on the feet, you'd draw stuff, and then you'd have to do the like the crazy you know death, the high cost of living eyes, the whole deal. Mm. Yeah, and it was it was just part of the fun of going out dancing was you had to do the whole get all done up. I think I first learned first applied eyeliner as part of a cosplay. Yeah, while well, you were and you then, were and then put it on for the deep. first time outside of costume clubbing with you. <laughs> oh, thank <laughs> you. Because we also also had the we had the goth industrial karaoke back in the day too. Yeah, yeah. So well, sometimes, you do that. sometimes and we you used to, get... like you, you introduced me to the whole Los Angeles goth That's scene, fair, and so yeah. like, like fuck ruin version. Oh, oh. God, uh, good times. Yeah. Where did they do the goth karaoke at? Uh, it was actually goth karaoke. Was, it was called Ground Control. Yeah, it was, and it was at the Jewel. It was Jewel's Catch One, which is it's a really fascinating place if you ever. If There's you, a documentary about it. actually. Yeah, it was the first. And possibly only um, uh, a gay club in Los Angeles for for black men and women and women of color, men of color in Los Angeles in the 1970s. And the Jules Catch One was the yeah was like the was the place if you were if you were uh, a gay person of color to go and and party hard for for decades. And as that culture kind of became less insulated and, and, and moved around, they, they eventually let in all the industrial kids for a couple nights a week to keep the keep the lights on. It's wow. a great place, great venue. It's beautiful. Wow. Yeah. 
This is the great history. Oh, the owner is awesome. She's she's a, she's a peach. Jewel's a peach. So. This one's hilarious. I'm interested in your answers from Last Jabberwocky. Dumbest way you've managed to injure yourself. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I got mine. You Tell do me. yours while I think about mine. I I was I was directing and editing a web series a decade ago <laughs> called There called There Will Be Brawl. Yes. There, there Will Be Brawl. Legendary There Will Be and, Brawl. And uh, I, uh, although most of the episodes are now taken offline with Machinima's closing. Oh fuck, really? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to re-upload them. Oh Jesus! I still have the, the original files. So. Wow! Thousands of hours of Chris Lockie's entire career. Yeah, just gone. put behind a wall. It sucks. Yeah. Him and uh, Chris Perkins were mourning that the other day because he's interviewed Chris Perkins like five times. We have a, yeah, we have a are, huge bunch of friends who just yeah. lost a decade of their work. Yeah, it's crazy. So anyway, sorry to bring uh, that up. Yeah, no. Um, Fuck. But when I was editing that series for the final episode, we had a deadline to meet, and we really went too large with it, like we had too much content and too much we were trying to achieve within a very short time, and I was the only real sole editor from, for most of it. You were not okay. I know, and I, I went, I didn't sleep for like 72 hours straight, I was, I was just editing my machine, and I threw my back out horribly, sitting too long, which I didn't know was a thing you could do, and it's very possible. And I just sat there, uh, editing my computer, you know, hallucinating, hallucinating my way through Adobe Premiere, before all of a sudden, ah! <laughs> And like fell to the ground screaming, and my girlfriend at the time was like, "What's going on?" I'm like, "I don't know." On, on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. She, she sent us a picture. I know. Yeah. Yeah. That is a really <laughs> dumb way to injure yourself. Yeah. It was really bad, and people was... people would ask me like, "Like, what happened?" I'm like, "Be like hobbling through like my agency I just joined, and like, what happened?" I'd be like, uh, "I was camping with my friends, and they said they warned us that there were animals in the area, so like, you know, we put our tents out there, but we were like, we'd be fine. We'd keep the food away, but then all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, we woke up, and there was this." This giant bear that was rummaging through, and they're like, "Really?" I'm like, "No, I was editing too long. I was sitting." And they're like, "No way!" Into a, in, yeah, into, into a little curled, out. curled mass. You were, you, yeah, you looked very unhappy. It was bad. It was, it was bad. I learned a lot of terrible lessons in that project. Yeah, I know. How about you? Uh, the, well, the, the worst thing I could think of, and the dumbest thing was was doing again a student film I did when I was a when I was a young person, and I will not mention because since I, I still know these people. Because uh, you know, um, I was asked to do a stunt uh, as a for a student film as a teenager, which is a great idea. Which is where normally in, in a film there's a whole series of conversations that happen about what is safe and unsafe, especially when the stunt is holding somebody up to a train, a uh, moving train <laughs> uh, to threaten them. And I was like, so we did this by holding somebody up to a moving train. At the time, I had. These, I'm so sorry, this is gonna make everybody at home squirm, and I'm so sorry. I had these beautiful long nails. I was in like peak no! goth at the time, and I had these long, I'd grown long, sharp, awful, cutty nails yeah. that were great. And in picking up my poor friend and holding him up against the train, I broke off all 10 of my nails mm. doing that into bloody stumps, and it was the most awful feeling. Mm. And I did not drop him into the train, I didn't. And he is still alive, and I think that he is grateful for that because a lot we did a lot. Like we almost died like four times on that film. There was I, I was so tired at one point. We were driving down PCH, coming home from like San Luis Obispo, or, and I was so tired I hallucinated a wall in the middle of PCH. So it was like 2 a.m. We're driving back, and my poor friend driving, who is definitely has got some anxiety issues, and he just hears me go. Whoa, 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 whoa! No. And he screams, whoa! And hits the brake. We are the only, and like, we come to a screeching halt, and I watch us, like, go through the phantom wall, and I'm just 
Wow. Holy shit. You were tripping balls. I was dude. tripping balls. We had not, I mean, like, we'd been on a film shoot for a week. We yeah. were, like, fucking done. We were fried. Yeah. Low, low budge film shoots can really, really oh, yeah. be bad. Oh, dangerous. Oh, dangerous. Dangerous, stuff. yeah. That's why unions are good. I still need yeah. a copy of that movie. Man. Actually, I think I might have one. I need one. to see your nails to see it's, get it's, filed yeah, off by a I'm, moving train. <laughs> it's. I don't even remember if it, like, yeah, I gotta find that scene again and be like, still yeah, that the, hurt. Might have, might have hit the cutting room floor for all I know. Still not the cheapest manicure you've ever had. <sighs> Marisha, that joke was for her and she laughed. That was, that's my fucking audience. You were right there, there for my last nails, come on. They were beautiful. Okay, I lit myself on fire with a Molotov cocktail. <laughs> it was the first one that I I, I did one of these. Oh, where no, I, it's gonna I, hit your head. I went back too far oh. and dipped down onto my shirt. I did. I got burned, but not really bad. Oh. I am, there's no I scar there. Or anything, but so appreciative <laughs> that our generation is the last generation to grow up without. Cell phone videos, because <laughs> did, did did at least did the man get stuck to? Did you stick it to him? It was not a man. It was a porta potty. <laughs> oh, we used to go. <laughs> we used to. You're the definition of a rascal. <laughs> we used to burn down porta potties. Oh. There's a number of because porta potties are very e okay. Maybe they're not anymore. They used to be very easy to burn down. Sure. <laughs> And I grew up in a, I grew up in a farming community, oh, and yeah. there was a lot of haystacks uh, around. You can put a haystack on the toilet seat of a porta potty and light it on fire. I'm okay with this. And the best part is, four hours later, <laughs> it will have burned to the ground. So you come back the next day, and <laughs> there's, there's like, just there's the like frame marshmallows still. There's just the frame on the bottom with a bunch of like you know. Oh, that's great. The blob. Watch it burn. We would also make dry ice bombs. You know about dry yes, ice bombs? Yeah. With the two bombs. liter, so we'd make dry ice bombs and throw those in the toilet and see what happens. Not, not that I. We, we used to have a big glass oh. water jug. You know, like the old-fashioned glass water jug. Yeah, and we, yeah. we put like. Uh, Fuel at the bottom, and we'd shake it up and shake it up and make and make fumes, and then drop yeah. a match in, and then cover oh, it and yes. watch yep. the fumes uh -huh. light up. It was like like because that's safe. We are yeah. we were stupid. Oh, I stupid kids. I should yeah. have been I should have been killed five so times. So many times. What is why is there green flames now? Uh, or green? What is that? The porta potty in flame. Is that Maybe. the porta potty Sulfur? on fire, Zach? <laughs> this is cool, man. It's magnesium green flame or blue flame. I always forget. We've got serious money. <laughs> the budget, as you can see. Oh, so boy. much video toaster available. Okay, one uh, time, one time, did I don't know if I told this story, but they were doing a they were doing a broadcast downtown in my hometown on the Fourth of July, hmm. and we tied like ten of smoke bombs together and we threw it at the news people doing the <laughs> broadcast. I tell that story already. No, Did you Batman. We went downtown and we we yeah, so we tied all them together, and I had a I had like Aww. a '87 Bronco at the time. So my friend just opened up the back and he chucks the smoke bomb and like a few of them went off, but a clunk of them made it over right. It literally, he had the most perfect aim. It literally landed right behind the person doing the thing, right on camera <laughs> and then just, so the best part of the story is, I am 22, 23. I'm not even like a teenager. Yeah, I no went excuse. home to visit my folks and then like, there's nothing to do so we went and dicked around. I get home and my mom goes, you're not gonna believe this. I'm watching the news. 
and some punk kids <laughs> threw fireworks at the people. And I'm like, and she goes, all I was thinking is, sounds like something Brian would have done 10 years ago. And I'm like, yeah, thank God those days are over. <laughs> I'm like hiding my smoky fingers in my pockets. Damn. Yeah. Oh, man. I think it was 10 minutes before my oldest sister was like, was that you guys? Was that you and Dustin? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. My friend Ian. This anonymity, man. Yeah, I know. No. My, my, my friend Ian and me, I remember one time we like, those little snaps you get at like the, oh, we used to be able God. to get them at the, yeah, yeah. At the, the ice cream trucks and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you get them anymore. Um, we were like, okay, if they make that noise when they're that big. Oh, no. And so we dropped like oh, 40 bucks shit. at this ice cream truck and just bought it all out. And we must look like, like, a, like, a, like a drug den. We're just sitting there in this, in this dining room of his little apartment. And we have paper towels open, and we're just emptying them one by one in this pile. And no. they get this pile of those tiny little explosive stones no. there, and we just wad it up and twist it and make essentially a little bomb. We're like, oh, this would be fun. So we go yeah. to the parking lot at night outside of the Ralphs, and we just, I didn't throw it, my friend Ian is much stronger than me. This has got to be like thousands. Where, where, where is this? Is this like? This was in Agora. Okay, Agora, this, that's this fair. Was, this was off this of, is off, very, this is very Agora. This is in Agora Hills, okay. uh, off of Cannon Road, in the parking yep. lot outside of the Ralphs. It was like maybe 11 p.m. or something like that, and we're just like, all right. We throw it once, and it kind of lands. And goes nothing. We're like, oh, this is not going to work. And give it to Ian to try because he's stronger than me. He goes, lobs it up. Oh. It was the loudest gunshot type <laughs> flash and explosion. We both kind of our ears rang for a second, uh, and we just ran. And sure enough, we start hearing like the sirens in the distance catching up, and You're like, Oops. Um, that's that's as. Bad as I really got. I yeah, didn't, I didn't yeah. go lighting porta potties on fire with Molotov cocktails. Things, speaking of things you can't do anymore, my eighth grade teacher, Mr. Allen, would throw those at us in class if we were oh, not talking oh yeah, or not man. paying attention, or he'd throw, try to I hit it on the desk great, to wake personally. us up. I think that's kind of great. You can't do great. that anymore. No, you cannot. Nope. <laughs> All it takes is one parent, you know. Yeah. Just making a phone call, and then Mr. Allen he goes upstate and. <laughs> Somebody to play with all the other professors. I can't, I, I, I can't mention any of my of my currently living teachers because I've had too many people come up who <laughs> currently have them still, and I've been like, oh yeah, like I don't want any shit getting back to them. Like, yeah. Sadly, he passed a few years ago, and I went back for his funeral, and there was almost a thousand people there. Damn, that's incredible. And that's when you know, like, you've fucking done something great. Yeah, you you've know, changed a thousand lives. people show up. Yeah. <sighs> Talison, of your hundreds of funerals that you've mm. had. What was the largest attendance? Uh, 1874, uh -huh. I had 25 more guests than Abraham Lincoln. Oh, shit. Yeah, did all right. Dang. I actually, like, weirdly, no, I mean, like, I only say that just because I, we were, uh, Emperor Norton came up today, so I was having that conversation. Do you know who Emperor Norton is, right? Shit. You know who Emperor Norton is. <laughs> Yes. yes, you do, Danny, because you are a cultured human being. I don't know. Tell me at once. <laughs> Emperor Norton was a was a guy who lived in San Francisco. Self-imposed. Went Self went went crazy. Had a really bad day. Went crazy and declared himself Emperor of the United States, Protector of Mexico. And this guy sounds fucking awesome. He was. Yeah. He and like people There's... went with it, and like everyone was like, "Okay, uh, Your Majesty, what do you need?" And he's like, "I need a place to live. I'm going to need to eat wherever I want, and uh, I've also got some feelings about bridges, and you're going to publish them on the paper." And they're like, "Okay," and <laughs> This guy's amazing. Oh yeah, he no, he like, and he lived. He had a whole outfit. He was, he was this crazy hobo, and he, yeah. he had an outfit, and he, uh, he would like, he would make his own homemade 
money that he would sell for real money and live that way. And he, he was good friends with Mark Twain. And, wow. And, uh, Holy and that, shit. There's, there's installations in San Francisco kind of All like commemorating his existence. That's And he had more people at his funeral than Abraham Lincoln. Whoa. Even though they were alive at the same time. So what you're saying. I was Emperor Norton, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I so want, I was going to say, <laughs> that was a great monologue. I was going to say, one day if you ever decide that you're just going to do I, that, we're all with you. I'm madly, I'm actually, I'm madly in love with Emperor Norton and I've like, I've been looking for a weird ephemera from him for, for years. Uh, and like, there's like wonderful, like, it probably didn't happen, like, but there's a story that he like stopped the Chinatown riot. There was a lynch mob heading up to Chinatown in San Francisco back in the 1860s. And he apparently like went out and began praying in the middle of the street and everyone was just like, Whoa. shit. And so they all just sort of joined him and then eventually left as opposed to going up to burn Chinatown to the ground. What? Jeez. Yeah, and there's a lot of, and like That's some of the, power. there's a lot of, I mean like in, yeah, he's got a lot of crazy stories about him. Interesting cat. That's cool. Edward Norton, I'll look him up. Edward Norton, yeah, he did all right. <laughs> That's all the time we have for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We'll see you in two weeks for Tox Machina episode 100. Yeah. Wow. Can you believe it? I know. I swear we thought we would have gotten rid of you by now. Yeah. It's break. We have a couple of close calls. We have to try some new technology. Maltoff cocktail. Yeah. Seems to be his weakness. Yeah, that's yeah. my crypto. We don't throw it at him, we just hand it to yeah. him. Yeah, <laughs> just say, throw this into a porta potty. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Red Fair, motherfucker. Welcome to Red Fair. <laughs> Maybe when it burns down, we'll find Laura's knife. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's going to kill us. Yeah, Laura dropped her knife in the porta potty at Red Fair. I think it we was, told that story. She just here. bought it. She just she bought it, just she bought it five okay. minutes before. She was not she was doing not okay. happy. Oh. No. Poor thing. Poor thing. Also, Travis bought a rare coin that costs more than <laughs> Matt's car. <laughs> Good night, everyone. We love you. Those are my bros, man. <laughs> so tell me more about Edward Norton. Thank you for listening to Tox Machina on the Critical Role Podcast Network. If you like this episode, please drop a review on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tox Machina airs live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash critical role on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Pacific. We'll see you next time. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.